0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Jermaine Flood, along with traveling partners Kamel King and Jay White. We're traveling the state today letting you know about the people, places and events that make Mississippi great. Diversity in our state is what makes us so awesome and this weekend's events prove there's a little something for everyone to enjoy. We'll talk with Richard Beatty, ride organizer for the 2022 Big Bikes Blues and Bayou cycling event in Greenwood. We'll also chat with DJ Scrap about the return of house music with The Blast at Martin's downtown and then We'll discuss the Mississippi Agricultural and Outdoor Expo at the Mississippi Trademark Building on the Mississippi State Fairgrounds. Before we get started, let me welcome my traveling partners, Jay White and Kamel King with Visit Mississippi to the show. Good morning, guys. What has been going on with you all?
2: Good morning. How's it going? Good morning, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There goes the energy. I knew somebody had it this morning.
0: I was waiting to see if he was going to go first, but he let me come through first so he can bring all that energy in right behind me. (laughs) I'm all right with
2: that. Oh, man. Look, yesterday, I did not even have a voice. I just was telling Jermaine. Now, I took a test for COVID. He just gave me his whole
1: rundown. (laughs) Exactly. I got his medical records. But
2: I didn't even have a voice yesterday. So that's how much I love you guys. I was not not going to miss another friday
1: we would have did go. it we would have did it with i would have been like kamel shaking his head yes <laughs> Well,
3: every, every time he's not here, I just assume he's jet-setting somewhere, you know, oh, making Mississippi
2: gosh. look good somewhere. <laughs> well, that is my job, sir. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm telling you, it's going to be a good show today. We have got some diverse events happening in the state today, and it's just going to be really good. I don't know. What do you have going on this weekend, Kamel? Is there anything on your plate happening?
2: I'm I- Honestly, re- recouping this weekend. Last week, I was on vacation. I took my daughter to New Orleans for a few, uh, about three days. I forgot
1: you were out. Yeah, I'm of not- course,
2: because I'm that easy to forget. <laughs> Thank you, Jermaine, I'm not- and listeners. <laughs> Anywho, when you come
1: back in, it's like you, you never missed a beat. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: <laughs> That's not what you said. But moving on, it's not.
1: <laughs> So it was fun, huh?
2: Oh, lots of fun. Uh, my daughter is the best hangout partner on the face of the planet, and we did everything from Children's Museum to Aquarium to just hanging out tough. Uh, Dave and Buster's, we just had a freaking blast.
1: That sounds like fun. Yeah. Kids yeah. are always the best when it comes down to doing things and going out, because they're going to make you stretch your limit, yeah, for sure. Yeah, stre-
2: and stretch my bi- my dollars <laughs> far out.
1: That's what happens. Isn't mm-hmm. that right, Jay? You know about that, oh, don't you? Oh,
2: yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> daddy doesn't like to say no, but Daddy does need to say it sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely going to Scraps uh, thing. I can't wait to get him on the line because I got some questions for his butt. <laughs>
1: They know each other. Interrogation. They really know (laughs) each other. (laughs) Well, I can't wait until we get to that part. But right before that, we are going to Greenwood, Mississippi. Love Greenwood. On this road trip. And this is a day all about bikes, boo, booze. I can't get it out. Bikes, blues, and bayous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The three B's Mm -hmm. say that. Three times fast. And here to tell us more about the 15th annual Bikes, Blues, and Bayou's. This is a cycling event happening tomorrow, August 6th. In Greenwood is event organizer Richard Beatty. He is on the line with us. Richard, welcome to Next Stop Mississippi. How are you today? Okay. Is this uh, Michael Cranish on the line with us? I'm on
0: the line, yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, Michael. How are you doing today? Good. It's um-
0: I am here in Greenwood.
1: It is good having you. I am so glad that you're here on the show with us about the Bikes, Blues, and Bayou cycling event happening. Um, Before we begin talking about the festival, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your work with this event?
0: Sure. So I am the author of a book called The World's Fastest Man, uh, The Extraordinary Life of Cyclist Major Taylor, America's First Black Sports Hero. So as that title suggests, this was a gentleman who, in 1899, so a half-century before Jackie Robinson, he was the first significant African-American world sports champion, um, really inspired a lot of people, went through incredible, terrible racism, um, but nonetheless persevered over that. Um, so I spent a lot of time writing about this person, did this book, um, and I'm giving a book talk today at 5 p.m. at Turn Road Books as part of the, the bike festival that you're talking about, that's the ride on, Saturday morning that I'm told will attract a 1,000 cyclists. So part of that ride will honor Major Taylor. Their club named after Major Taylor. So this is a very significant person in, this, in the civil rights history, and I had felt that his um, story needed to get some wider notice. So I wrote a book about him, and to people who organized this ride um, uh, are inviting Major Taylor clubs from around the area and also invited me to come give a book talk to uh, help underscore the history of uh, what happened with Major Taylor and his story.
1: Right. So this whole cycling event is kind of being um, based or, or put on Major Taylor's story. So I really do like that. On the line with us right now is the event organizer, Richard Beatty. Richard, welcome to Next Stop Mississippi. Thank you. Very glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Now, before we start talking all about this festival, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your work with the Bikes, Blues, and Bayou cycling event?
4: Yes, uh, I am one of the co-founders that uh, we started the ride back in 2008. And uh, we've been, this is our 15th year, celebrating the anniversary of our 15th with a special tribute to Major Taylor.
1: Right, right. And this is a large event. A thousand people that you're expecting this year. Was last year and the year before the same?
4: We've had a thousand for the last four or five years. Wow. COVID messed up our year a couple of years ago, but but uh, we're attracting people from all over the state, and uh, this year, half of the riders are coming from out of state, so we're having a quite a wide reach in the region.
1: Okay, okay. And tell me the decision behind highlighting cyclist Major Taylor at this year's event.
4: Well, we've had a number of riders come over the last few years from the Major Taylor clubs, and uh, it uh, created some interest uh by in me from who major taylor was. I was unaware of I was unaware of the whole story behind the man and the early days of cycling mm-hmm. cycle racing. So I uh began to do some research and I read books and books, one of which was Michael Cranch's book and it inspired me to uh get together a tribute to Major Taylor this year.
2: Well, I've got a couple of questions. First of all, Richard, uh, I've come to see that with marathons, uh, there are people who travel all over the country and sometimes all over the world to do marathons, which is astounding to me. But tell us about the culture of cyclists uh, and, and how cyclists seek out different areas and different races and different things to attend. And then after that, Michael, if you could tell us a little bit about how you got inspired to write, write the book, you know, uh, where did it, uh, where was the genesis of wanting to get to know more about, uh, this gentleman and then to express that in a book. So if both of you gentlemen could answer those questions, uh, respectful, uh, respectfully.
4: Okay. Well, I'll start off. uh, I can't speak for all cyclists, but I can speak for the ones that come to uh, bike schools and Bayous. is they come here for the hospitality i come here for the uh, special brand of of uh, welcome that we have with uh, our rest stops. If you're riding 62 miles in the heat of the Delta, every 10 or 15 miles, come upon a rest stop that has an assortment of treats to eat and hand-dipped chocolate strawberries and <laughs> frozen grapes and school Gatorade and all that sort of thing. We we do a lot of uh, extra work to. Host the riders at, at all these different rest stops that they, they uh, rest at along the route, and uh, that's what's caused. I think that's motivation for people to come back to Greenwood, come back to the Delta, to the experience the hospitality that we can
0: we can provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, as far as why I got interested in Major Taylor. Um, This happened. I was a reporter at the Boston Globe at the time. I'm now a reporter with the Washington Post. So this history is something I did separate from my usual uh, day jobs. But at the Boston Globe, I had heard um, that there was this gentleman who had lived in Massachusetts most of his life in Worcester. And his name was Major Taylor. And that he had been champion of the world, African-American in 1899. It was basically a simple question. How at the height of the Jim Crow era um, of that time could this person become the national champion in this country World champion. What did he overcome? Why had I not heard of this person? When I've heard so many, uh, you know, very well-deserved stories about Jack Johnson, Jesse Owens, Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. and so forth. With um, this person, Major Taylor actually wrote, "I was a pioneer and therefore had to blaze my own trail." I think if the other African American sports champions, you know, could be on the line with us today, you know, they would say that they were aware of Major Taylor's story. I believe they would have been, and that they were inspired by him blazing um that path so cycling at the time of major taylor's championships that was the most popular sport um in the world it's hard to imagine today right but at the time this was more popular than baseball more popular than Mm. boxing um and when i started researching this story more than 20 years ago and i did a magazine story to start long before i wrote a book i learned that major taylor's only child um sydney who was then 96 years old in 2001 was still living and she was living at a place in Pittsburgh and so I you know got out there as soon as I could I wanted to write a magazine story about Major Taylor and I wanted to you know make sure I interviewed his one um, child who was still living at the time she she extended it for several years after that she gave all of her father's papers to a museum in Indiana where they we where had been born so I went out there to see those and so I was able to to uniquely you know have a chance to sit down with his daughter um the same with Sydney because he had raced in Sydney, Australia. That's where she was born. I um, mean, it's rather remarkable. He raced championships in France, all over Europe, and then to Australia twice. It really was an amazing story for all the difficulties that he experienced. In the end, he wanted to inspire people. He wanted to say, if you're given a fair shake, that you can do anything. So,
5: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, I detail in the book all the, the difficult things that he experienced, um, very unfair treatments he experienced, but also that, you know, in the end, he wanted to uh, inspire people. He certainly inspired me, inspired people who are in these clubs that are going to come to this ride tomorrow and there's clubs all around the world that have been coming up, you know, honoring Major Taylor and, and his space, his place in, in, in this sport.
1: Right. You've inspired me with just that story. That, mm-hmm. that story right there was definitely inspiring, especially where he's coming, where he came from and, you know, where he went with the whole sport. And it being one of the biggest sports, how amazing Mm -hmm. is that? Bigger than baseball at the time. 10,000
0: people would show up with what they called velodromes. They're similar to today's motor racing, you know, oval tracks, Mm -hmm. but all over the country there were these velodromes. And it's rather amazing when you go back in history. And I say in the book that Major Taylor was one of the most chronicled African American men of his day. This was such a popular sport. You, You know, no matter what your view, on race, you had to write about him because he was so great. A lot of white riders, frankly, tried to keep him out of racing because they knew he was better than they were.
5: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: He did this despite, you know, he basically learned the great, um, nutrition, uh, necessities, the um, training necessities. So at five foot seven, 140 some pounds, you know, racing against people who were much, you know, bigger than him, he was able to beat them time and time again. So there were a lot of terrible things that were done to keep him out of racing, but there are also a lot of people, um, uh, there were white uh, promoters who saw him as a great writer, and they helped him. There were promoters in France who would say, you're the one racer from America, I want to race here, and they did. They paid him $10,000 to race uh, in France, you know, mm-hmm. in a year, for example, before the winnings, just as a sort of come over here fee. So, you know, it really, it really was rather remarkable, and I found that there were thousands of stories written around him in newspapers, not just in this, just in this country, but um, publications around the world. So mm-hmm. it gave me, after with was a magazine story, I realized there was a lot more coming to me because these papers were being digitized, and I could search for stories about it. So really mm-hmm. with a wealth of, of material, and I really wanted to write a story about racial injustice, and he is the, the narrative spine, the thrilling sort of adventure spine of that, but I mm-hmm. really was interested in telling a lot of that story. That's right here in, in Greenwood, of course, as I've learned. Um, you know, this, there's so much history right here you know, where I'm sitting. Um, so I'm really thrilled to be able to talk about that. You know, again, as I mentioned, i turn of books here in Greenwood at 5 p.m. today.
1: Right. I hear your passion about it, and yeah. I know because you're the author of the book, you, you've got to have that passion. But do you have a passion for cycling yourself?
0: I am a cyclist. Um, you know, I've been cycling since I was, uh, you know, basically could get on two wheels. Um, mm. My whole family is. And so I've never raced. But I do a lot of riding, so it's not unusual for me to try to go on a 40-mile ride just to try to – because I love it and keep in shape. But mm-hmm. that, that was part of it. I, as a cyclist, I was interested, and I somewhere online heard the name Major Taylor. I can't remember where I first heard it. Um, I'm also really interested in history. And I oftentimes when I write stories about today's events, I want to go back in history and learn, well, how did, how did that start? I've right. also written a book about Thomas Jefferson, and that was because I wanted to learn more about the founding of our country and, and mm-hmm. what happened, and I found that there was a story there to tell. And so I, I just have a I have a lot of interest, but the major Taylor story is by – You know, the word obsession probably is a good one. (laughs) 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 Because I've been researching and writing about him now for for more than 20 years. The book is sort of the the culmination of that.
5: Right. Jermaine,
2: when people say, like, what he just said, it's nothing for me to go on a 40-mile ride just to clear my (laughs) mind. See, I... I walk, or I power walk, right. or, you know, or, and I, um, you know, and I understand how to get somewhere walking <laughs> or a car. And so I can equate the amount of effort in both of those. Right. I can't understand the side because people are like, yeah, I just went out and did 100 miles on the bike. Like, did we're that not, take you?
1: We're not even going to talk about that because I didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was 12. But wow. turning back to, <laughs> to Richard, Richard, what about you? Are you a cyclist yourself? I, I am.
4: I enjoy telling people when they ask me, "Well, how long have you been cycling?" Some people say ten years, fifteen years. I say, "I've been cycling since 1958." Mm. <laughs> they look. At, <laughs> wow. I a, my parents were 1958. One of the things that I learned about from uh, uh, Michael's book that that was really interesting is how uh, important the bicycle was as a form of transportation,
5: Mm-hmm. Especially
4: and meeting in urban areas, it was the form of transportation between the horse and the automobile. Mm-hmm. It was a brief period of time, but there were you know, 15 or 20 years when people thought this is the way to go to get to work. This is the way to go to get to the grocery store. To use a bicycle, much better than riding a horse at that time.
1: Right, right. Now, you've been selected as the Southeast Tourism Society's Top 20 Event Winners for 2021, 2019, and 2018. Amazing. Congratulations on that one. But can you talk a little bit about your partnership with the Greenwood Lafleur County Chamber of Commerce and the impact that this has on the Greenwood community? Yeah,
4: we... uh uh, s- several of us local cyclists started the ride but early on we realized that it was so successful we we needed a partner so we joined with the uh, chamber of commerce and uh, they have been the uh, overseer uh, of the uh, of the event ever since and and we never anticipated being at this level which is the largest cycling event in uh, in our state but since it's grown to this level, it now has some, according to a Mississippi State University study that we had did it a couple of years ago, it has a $1.2 million economic impact wow. on this area. It is the biggest event chamber has and probably one of the, and the restaurants will tell us that it is, uh, tonight will be the largest, busiest night of the year for their restaurant. Mm-hmm. So uh, we bring in a. All these folks eating and enjoying themselves and spending money and really puts a lot of money in the community. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, can you, Richard, tell everyone where they can find out more about bikes? I'm going to get it out. This BBB (laughs) thing is getting me. Can you tell them more uh, where they can find more about Bikes, Blues, and Bayous, the cycling event happening tomorrow in Greenwood?
4: Okay. We have an excellent website, and that's the best place to look right now. And it's bikes. Blues, bayous, dot com. You know, If you have to look up Bayou's, it's B A Y O U S. So, BikesBluesBayou's.com. Okay. You get all we awesome. still We're still taking registration, uh, not online, but you can get information online. You can come to Greenwood this afternoon to uh, register for the ride downtown.
1: Make sure you all mm-hmm. get out there, especially if you're a cyclist. That's going to be. One of the biggest cycling events ever here in the state. And it would be so great um, to get out there and to support everything that they've got going on. Richard and Michael, thank you both so much yes. for joining us today. Thank you.
3: Thanks,
2: on the line with us now is my partner, DJ Scrap, mm-hmm. with the blast at Martin's downtown here in Jackson. He's here to tell us about the return of house music. DJ Scrap, welcome to Next Stop Mississippi, my friend.
3: Thanks for uh, having me. And I'm going to tell you something, Mr. King. You sound like your daddy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought you was your
3: daddy for a bit. No, bro. No. <laughs> well, oh, man, look, I had a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a compliment
2: right there because he is a professional and I just moonlight.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. Man, how you been doing? Man, I've been blessed, man. Just, um, you know, I, I always be out, out and about in the country and I be on my bike. Trying to get some of this good energy and this good air in the state of Michigan.
2: I know that's right. Well, look, we want to take our time talking to you. And first of all, I can't believe you're not here because I cleaned up my tennis shoes because you're a tennis shoe freak. So I cleaned up my shoes
1: He's got so on you on wouldn't embarrass shirt. me. He's got on his good shirt. Exactly. Scrap. And the yep. scrap ain't here.
3: <laughs> scrap. Now, what happened? Now, my, my, my AC unit went out oh, Lord. last night. So So the guy had to come through. And fix it so I couldn't come in live today. You know, I do radio, so I would have loved being in the studio with you. Right. Yeah. With uh,
1: Miss Jermaine. That's you know, me. You know, he's he's yeah. got so you many know, nicknames we... for me. He was trying to remember Which one? my first yeah. name. <laughs>
5: exactly. <laughs>
1: What's her name? Hey, 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 hey,
3: you know, I I call her on a low, I call her Soul Santa. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's it. That's your name from I now I answer on. to
1: whatever he says. I love it. <laughs> I
2: love it. Well, well, first of all, Scrap, I just got to say, man, when I saw you put out that post that you were going to bring the blast back, mm-hmm. dude, I was one of the first ones up under there like I'm in there like swimwear. First of all, I'm mad y'all ever stopped it. I am peed off. it ever. Why did y'all ever stop? This was... Ooh. This was what the city always needed. So I'm glad it's back, but I got to know why it took a pause for a minute.
3: Um, Due to, you know, 19, Mm
5: -hmm.
3: uh, I ended up, I did it one more time. I did it at an eco Mm shit. I I did a pop up and we limited the tickets and all of that type of stuff because due to, you know, you have people that are are, uh, vaccinated, some that are not vaccinated. So I didn't want to put anybody in jeopardy because of me and my ego. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I don't have an ego, but I'm just saying like well, <laughs> use that ego and make decisions off emotions. You feel me? Yeah. yeah so, was, almost okay, so so last year I I I said, okay, I'm gonna do my birthday. I did it, boom, and I set I sat down again. Mm-hmm. Because I want to I want to reevaluate the landscape to see what was going on. Especially with my friends uh, over at Martin, Joseph and uh Chris, those are my guys, yeah. They they kept yeah punching me, punching me, punching me. Scrap, bring the blast back, bring it back, bring it back. Now, I did the blast at Martin's three years ago. We packed it out.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: But, like I said, once the next year, you know what happened.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
3: the reason That's the reason why safety is first with me. You know what I mean? That's right. Safety is first with me, period. You know what I'm saying? So that's basically what it was.
1: Right, right. Now, Scrap, for the entire state audience, if they don't know what The Blast is and the return of house music, give them a little breakdown synopsis on what it is in the history behind house music in The Blast, basically.
3: Number one, house music was birthed in the city of Chicago. That's where I'm from. I was there in its conception. I played on vinyl. I played on all the different instruments. I, I did beats and all of that type of stuff. But the thing is, people thought house music left. It never left. It spread it out. Once you birth something, it has to grow. So it went over to Europe. Like, you can't you can't even go to Atlanta now. You can't even go to Texas. You can't even go to New Orleans, California. House music is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I've seen now, people are saying, oh, Beyonce, bring your mm-hmm. house music. Back. House music never left. Mm. Drake, Drake bringing house music back, house music never left. Matter of fact, um, back in the day in 89, you had a lot of Jackson State folks that was from Detroit to Chicago. So there was a guy named Howie and Sleepy. They were playing more techno in 89. Mm-hmm. I got here in 92. So we started doing house music events. Like uh, We had the Catwalk downtown
5: yes. mm-hmm.
3: on the Street. Then we had um, Big Shout to Big Yayo. Mr. Yayo, he's here performing now. But we had another place, Oh, Mike Swift, over here uh the Party House. Mm-hmm. So all those spots, we were playing house music. You have different uh, flows of house music. You have different styles. But house music was always in Jackson. House music is soul music. House music is gospel. Mm-hmm. A lot of the gospel singers do house music. Like I do. If you heard on this uh, the radio station that I'm on, you know, I want—I don't know if I can see it here, but um, I have a show called the True Soul Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do—I play—I I play a lot of gospel house records. Mm. We have gospel house records. I slide them in every now and again, especially with the show being on a Sunday. Right. right. Um, house music is spiritual music. Like sometimes you have people playing different house. Some of the house I don't like because it don't have any soul in it. You mm-hmm. got to have some type of soul in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. When you out here playing, you playing from house music is the heartbeat. Like whenever you, you know, if you put your hand on your on your heart on your chest, you hear doom doom doom. That's the that's the beat
1: of house. That's right. I was about to do that beat, but you do it way better than me, Scrap. I was gonna do.
3: I have see Jermaine man dance. <laughs> exactly.
2: I know that's right I gotta see it <laughs> what, what, man first of all talking about uh, you know what happened had to happen through COVID I mean uh, I, I gotta say you definitely helped me through the quarantine and when you started putting your Mixes up on uh, uh, Instagram Live and being able to tap in, so I'm so glad that you did that because you got a lot of us through nationally and internationally, and I know locally with your music. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about when you said when you arrived in Jackson in 1992, because Jermaine and I was just talking about you know her being part of the crew and and I mean man, you and 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 uh, Asiatic Black and Quasi and and finesse, you guys have made big, big impacts in the full national scene. A lot of people take for granted, like, you know, you guys are. The DJs. Yeah, they bump into you and they are familiar. They have no idea the impact you've made nationally. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about when you arrived. Let's talk about, you know, the relationship with Chris Lighty and all of those things moving forward. I want people to know who Scrap is. Well, um,
3: how can I say this? I started first I started a DJ organization called the Technicians First. And um that was basically trying to get DJs together and fellowship and, and push ideas and push artists nationally and globally. Um after I started rising higher in, in the in the food chain, quicker <laughs> and myself met together and then we ended up creating the Violet All-Star DJs. If anybody's familiar with Violet, the management, Bust around 50 Cent,
5: Bobby, mm-hmm.
3: all of those different people, they were with us, the Vitamin Water deal, Sprite. Um, Matter of fact, I have a video that breaks all of that down and Red Alert is talking about it. You know, D-Nice come from us. Mm-hmm. And if you right. notice, D-Nice, Is he, he's a legend, but at the same time, you notice D-Nice, he always shout me out every time.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Because we part, we part of the same family. But I'm right here in the city of Jackson, you know what I mean. So I embrace Jackson. I, I want Jackson to grow musically and spiritually. But at the same time, I gotta I gotta shoot it over to Detroit real quick. I started working with a group called Slum Village.
5: Mm-hmm. They,
3: they love all of them. But if you if you go on Google right now, you will see my name on as being the an A and R of all the different projects in Slum Village. Nice. Currently, I, currently I work with Dwella direct. So y'all know that's the reason why Dwell A. come down so much. Y'all know that, right? Mm-hmm. You know because I work with Dwell A. direct. You know we have a whole team, and um, that's basically it. Like I, I just I stay in the soul movement. I stay in the house movement. But I do everything. Everything is created and curated from Jackson, Northeast Jackson, Mississippi. That's right, <laughs> so right. I, hey man, but I'm, I can't I can't front. You know I'm I'm still a Madison County boy too. <laughs> my family in Madison County. So I got to shout that out. Uh, Ken, Mississippi, 119. Uh, my family out that way. So I'm just, like I say, based right here in Northeast
1: Jackson. Right, right. So, Scrap, the blast. And- for those who don't know, The Blast is like an underground dance party, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more <laughs> above ground now because he's hosted it so many uh, no. years in a row. So, if you know, you know. Right. If yeah. you know, you know. You get there. You start dancing. You have fun. It's a, a, a wholesome event mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really great wholesome event, and it brings together people of different backgrounds and diversities, and that yep. to me is amazing. Scrap when was the first year of the blast?
3: Um, you remember? I think I think when we um I remember, let me go back to Scrap Dirty turning forty. <laughs> so that was ten years ago. Okay. So it's actually been eleven years, but I just say ten and we've been doing the underground, we go by the text message system. And if you if you got to know somebody know somebody, the reason why we do it like that is because we want people to 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 be into the music. Like we had all the creators and the creatives. Like my lady, she's an artist. She's a mixed media artist. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have all the different nationalities, people you don't you haven't seen before ever in Jackson. Like you know like, where do they come from? I never seen them before. You know they 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 always at the blast. You know, and that's what we wanted. We wanted. Everybody come together and be a fellowship. And we invite everybody to come out. We don't care what, what you think about anything. You mm-hmm. got to get some of this music in your life. You have to change. We have to change the frequency of music here, man. Yeah.
5: That's
3: the, and that's what's going on, especially when you vibrate at a lower level and people mm-hmm. understand science,
5: mm-hmm.
3: you start having bad things happen. That's right. When you vibrate at a higher level. How physically you vibrate at a higher level. If you're a musician, and this is for all my musicians, I, I play drums. Y'all know if somebody hit a note that don't sound right, it makes your body tingle, you cringe up, and people know. The people that's listening right now, they're like, "He's right." They clapping his hand, like he know what he's talking about. That's the that's the frequency,
5: you're right?
3: You know what I'm saying? So right. That's the thing about the blast. We want good spirited people, good energy, great energy, good people. We want everybody to come through, even if you don't like house. We want you to come embrace it and understand that this
2: is spiritual music. Yes, most certainly. <clears throat> Scrap, I got to tell you, man, I appreciate you uh, and a, a lot of your other partners. Man, y'all have always accepted me and your community, and, and man, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and so many of other, the other brothers and sisters that we've talked about over time. So I just want to tell you that personally. And, and a question I've never gotten a chance to ask you what? How did it affect you in, in the uh, untimely passing of Chris Lighty? How did, you know, y'all being so close, how did that affect you?
3: To this day, um, I, was, I remember that day I was knocked out. I was sleep, sleep. I don't know if I had a gig that night, but Quasi texted me. He said, you heard about Chris Lighty? And I was like, nah. And then all of a sudden, all hip-hop hit me up and all the different blogs hit me up. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Then yeah, his cousin hit me. And um, it, just, it just affected me mentally and spiritually to stay strong because we don't know what the next person is going through. That's why I tell people all the time, look, because a person don't answer the phone, don't mean they're avoiding you. Sometimes they need time for themselves. And with this technology, everything, this stuff is in your hand. You're on the computer. You're on your iPad. You got you got your big uh, Android phone, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> the big old Android. Is big Android. Those right. mini
2: laptops.
3: Right. And you don't know. Sometimes we want to cut that thing off and go lay down or go in nature. Like, I ride my bike all up and down through Natchez Trace. I failed too last week. Oh, no. Straight up my arm. Oh, yeah, I was going too fast. I was going too fast.
5: <laughs> <Scrap>.
3: <laughs> but Yeah, but, you know, sometimes you have to get that time to yourself because, especially our ladies out here, y'all taking care of a lot of stuff by yourself. Mm-hmm. Take some time to yourself. If grandma not around to help you out, if a man not around to help you out, find a relative to get you some time to yourself. Because everything is a mental and spiritual warfare going That's on right. out here right now. That's
2: right. right. Tell me,
3: I feel it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to preach on y'all's show. I'm just saying in general. Right, you know, right. And what cause a person to do and people to do what Chris did, that was that was spiritual and mental. The most certainly. Right. Most right. certainly.
1: Now, before um, we we let you go, Scrap, can you tell us about the lineup for this year's Blast and what attendees can expect?
3: Oh, so okay. um, we have my boy, BJ Sketch. Nice. We got the Nasty Show. I got yeah. my boy from Chicago, Brian Achille. He just moved here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He plays, he plays, he, play, he, play, he, he is Chicago. You know what I'm saying, so... You're going to feel the music through him. Of course, you have myself. And um, what you're going to expect is, first, when we first open up, what they do is they fellowship everybody. Oh, I have seen you. You know, they take little pictures and all of that type of stuff. And as the, the night grows and the people come in, the music changes. You have different levels of different styles. Everybody, everybody's going to have the same style. You know what I'm saying? There's so much music out here. Like we play 70s disco. We play real Soul. We play Garage House, Soul House. We play techno. We play tech house.
5: Right.
3: What they call electronic music. You know, I grew up playing techno. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of wax we used to get, we had to play it on 45. You
5: right.
3: know? So, you know, if you at home and you don't have anything to do and you want to have something <laughs> to get take your breath away, you need to come on down to Martin's 214 South State Street. What time? Wall to 2.
1: 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. It's it's a late party. Nice. It's a late party. And scrap. Where can everybody find out more information about you and the blast? Of course.
3: Uh, number one, I'm trying to uh open up this text message of mine as we speak. <laughs> All right, which, <laughs> I'm trying to open it up as we speak. Come on, scrap, baby,
2: yeah. write it down. <laughs>
1: Man, hey, look. Y'all, <laughs> listen, and before he starts opening it up, you can actually <laughs> find out more about right. it on our events page. That's if you right. visit mpbonline.org, click the community tab, go to Mississippi Events, I've got you right there, and that link out to where you can get even more information is sitting there as well. So, Scrap, you ain't even got to oh, keep... Don't, okay. don't keep digging. Oh, I, oh, I got okay. you covered.
3: <laughs> he
2: said,
1: I'm ready. Let me...
3: Let me, let me. Look, let me tell y'all something. You really trying to stay in the know of the blast. You text this word all good is one word all good to 888 231 8494. That's all good is one word all good to 888 231 8494. And we don't spam or nothing like that. You know how people get to, yeah, right, yeah, Cry and they get to text. No, we don't do that,
5: right, right.
1: Well, Scrap, thank you so much. Make sure you all check that out. That's the return of House Music, The Blast, at Martin's downtown, beginning at 9 p.m. Scrap, we have had a time hanging out with you. I appreciate you. I want you to look at Camille right now and say, I got a ball here. (laughs) We ain't even going to, we're not even going to mess with him like that. It's time for us to take a quick break, though. But hold on tight. When we return, we're going to the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo at the Mississippi Trademark Building on the state fairgrounds. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
0: It's time for the Mississippi Book Festival on Saturday, August 20th. Visit the state capitol in Jackson from 9 to 5 p.m. and visit inside the rotunda on the first floor. The MPB Kids Club will be ready with Ed Set, PBS's Molly from Denali, plus activities and giveaways. Join Mississippi Public Broadcasting for adventure in both body and brain at the Mississippi Book Festival on Saturday, August 20th. More info at mpbonline.org.
1: You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jermaine Flood, along with my traveling partners, Kamel King and Jay White. Um, who hates Brazil nuts? And remember, <laughs> if you'd like to view events happening around the state, visit our Mississippi Events Calendar at mpbonline.org and click the Community tab. If you have an event you'd like to share, upload it directly to our Events Calendar or email it to events at mpbonline.org. Before the break, we spoke with Richard Beatty and Michael Cranish with the 15th annual Bikes, Blues, and Bayous Got It cycling event, August the <laughs> 6th in Greenwood, Mississippi. Now that they're gone. (laughs) Right. I couldn't get it right while they were on air. And we also chopped it up with DJ Scrap about the blast. That's the return of house music tonight at Martin's downtown 9 p.m. In with us right now, we have Don Brazel, CEO of the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks to talk about the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo starting today. August 5th through Sunday, August 7th at the Mississippi Trademark Building on the State Fairgrounds. Welcome so much, Don, to Next Stop Mississippi. How are you? I'm doing
6: great and thank you so much for this time.
1: Oh no, I thank you for coming on and actually coming and telling us a little bit about what everyone can expect at this event um, at the Mississippi Trademark Building. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and your work with Mississippi Wildlife Fish Fisheries and Parks Foundation.
6: Okay, I am uh, CEO of the Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks Foundation, and our primary mission is to support the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks and the programs that they do related to conservation. So uh, we are sort of just the private arm of them, is a better way to put that. So we also do a lot of other conservation activities throughout the state, but our primary mission is with uh, that support of Department of Wildlife, Issues, and Parks.
5: Right.
2: Now, Don, how did you get your – first of all, how many times do people jack up your first name? That's the first thing. i got to <laughs> just get that out of the way.
6: Well, let me let me tell you how, I got, how y'all started it before we got started. Talking about a Brazil nut, you know my name is Brazil, but you spell it like Brazil. So <laughs> y'all got it started good.
2: We did. You should hear the conversations in between breaks.
6: <laughs> I'm afraid to probably, but, uh, well, way, but uh, yeah, I, I actually got my start uh, with Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks uh, for many years and moved throughout the system there and went into the private business world also and back as uh ceo of the foundation and and found my true love there so um i I love everything we do and and what our mission is
1: right right tell us about this year's ag and expo event at the trademark and what everyone can expect
6: okay uh First of all, we have two really, really great events. We have the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, and then we have the Bulls, Bands, and Barrels event on Saturday night. Uh, I'll start, though, with the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, and we start, we open up the doors today at noon, and we'll go till 7 o'clock tonight, and then Saturday's time will be from 10 until 7, and then Sunday from 10 until 5 uh we have and i hope y'all get to come look but mm-hmm. We have everything uh and anything related to hunting uh and the hunting products hunting services fishing products fishing services agriculture uh forestry uh, I, I like to use the term we have Big toys for big boys yeah. and little toys for little boys. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, we've got everything from some of the largest skidders you will ever see in your life out here to big tractors all the way down to small fishing poles for kids. So we have a little bit of everything in this building. Uh, we The trademark is just under 70,000 square feet, and we have people packed everywhere. It is stuffed. We have over 140 mm. vendors. and mm. uh, We'd love for y'all just to come out and see what we've got.
1: Right. Now, what have been some of the highlights throughout the years, since this isn't the first year, for you with this event?
6: This is our third ex- expo to put on here. Uh, we actually uh, did, we do a, a, what we call the Fall Expo, which is now, and then we do a Spring Expo in in collaboration, I guess you'd say, with the uh, Dixie National Rodeo, so uh, we're very fortunate to get to do it here at the Trademark, this brand-new building. Uh, it really fits us well, and we, we plan to pack it over this weekend.
1: Right, right. Now talk about the role the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Foundation plays, and how important are they to an event this size?
6: Well, uh, we I, I want to say it from the very beginning. Our primary goal in, in all of this is really is teaching kids about the out of doors and getting them involved in the fun that they get to come see all of these different products and then in turn we get to show them what we do with the funds that are raised through this and how it works through the department of wildlife issues and parks and the many many different programs that they have throughout our state so everything we do is related to kids and conservation so it's we're growing these kids through that program
2: Right. That's interesting because I talk to my friends all the time about how generations have just changed, of course, with technology and air condition, of course. Absolutely. You know, and and gaming systems. Man, these kids don't want to get outside. And, I mean, it used to be where you had to get outside all day long, and then it went to you chose to get outside all day long. Now kids don't even want to get outside, by and large. So I'm so glad to see this. How have Mm -hmm. you seen that erode and change with children, and how does this help to get children back outside and engaged in nature?
6: Well, I'll give you a, a, the best example, which can be utilized, is myself. Um, when I grew up, the uh, my parents would practically let me go about anywhere, because we lived in the country. Uh, I could go hunt and fish almost anywhere I wanted to, uh, as long as I was back home before the, the nightlight came on, you know, at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Today, we don't let our kids go do that. Yeah. And the many things that changed were, as you well know, we had football, baseball, and basketball. Today, they have every kind of thing from soccer to computers, like you said. A lot a lot of them are stuck in those areas. But just to give you an idea of what we try to do here with this uh, expo, we have a youth archery range so kids can come Uh, touch a bow and shoot a bow just to see what it's like Uh, our uh, foundation uh, sponsors the aims program which is uh, archery and mississippi schools which is a a cooperation between us and the department of wildlife histories and parks and there's nearly sixty thousand kids that are involved in that today so we're we're aiming kids in that direction uh, and today or over this weekend will be just a good opportunity for those kids to come see what it's like just to shoot a bow mm-hmm. uh, they can also come and uh, see some casting demonstrations or they can come touch a skitter that i promise you most kids have never seen a skidder forestry skitter that's as large as these out here so they can get in the the uh the wheel hub and take a picture if they're that large. So you understand, we just want kids to have the opportunity to see things that they, they haven't seen before. A lot of them haven't.
1: Jermaine right.
2: just shook her head because she doesn't know what a skitter is. No, <laughs> but I so will come. So, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brazel, I think you need to bring her up to date.
1: I will come to, to figure it out. I <laughs> yeah. will we'll give you a personal tour. I'll, I'll do sure. that. I'll do that. Thank <laughs> you so much, Mr. Brazzle. Now, can you tell us what other great things the department will be doing in the future?
6: Oh, absolutely. Um, just some of the programs that we do through our foundation, every child that goes through the uh, hunter education program, we buy them their first youth license. Uh, it's free to them. We, we do it just to show them about the, the, what they got to do in the future to be able to hunt and fish in our state.
5: Mm-hmm. But it
6: also uh, shows them uh, that what conservation is. Once they go through that hunter ed program, uh, they learn a whole lot about it, and we just want to continue their uh, desire to to get into the out of doors. Right. Uh, another program I just mentioned was the Archery in Mississippi Schools program that that reaches nearly sixty thousand kids. At the state tournament here in Jackson, uh, over at the uh, on the trademark on the grounds of the fair- fairgrounds, uh, we'll have seventy five hundred kids shoot in the state tournament. Wow. Now, That's a lot of kids. Wow. Uh, We also have a scholastic shooting sports program that now has built itself up to nearly 1,400 kids. uh, That is the shotgunning sports, teaching them to shoot shotguns and uh, do different things related the shotgunning world.
1: Right. Well, we've just enjoyed you joining us mm-hmm. for this. We, we hope everybody gets out to the Mississippi Ag um, and Wildlife Expo at the Mississippi Trademark. And thank you so much, Don, for joining us today on uh, Next Stop. Yes. Thank you for our ta- your time. Thank you, too. We come to the end of another trip. We want to thank you for traveling with us and thank today's guests for traveling with us. If you'd like to find out more about these events across the state, visit our events calendar at MPB online.org if you have an event you'd like to share upload it directly to that calendar or email it to us events at mpbonline.org next stop mississippi is a production of mpb think radio for Kamel king and jay white i'm jermaine flood stay tuned for southern remedy for women and join us next friday at 10 a.m for another great trip here on next stop
0: thanks for listening to this mpb think radio podcast mpb depends on support from listeners so if you can Please contribute today at mpbonline.org.